another episode of Post Faith Cheese Steaks. Got yours truly here. Got Timothy and myself, Dakota. It's been, we got one, two, three, like 16, 17 days since our last, uh, last episode. We've been, been leaving a- the people hanging. I know it's been a lot. A lot has been happening too. Yes. You know? Yeah. Of course. Like, yeah. When we both of us haven't been able to get, to get together because we've both been really busy and everything's falling apart in sports, especially in Philly. So, yeah, I remember being last time we did this, we were a lot more optimistic about everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, things were better. Although, you know what? I'll say that I'm saying I'm I'm pretty optimistic about the Eagles this year. It's, it's looking I was good so say, far. Polar opposites, because I felt better about the sixers than i do now but i felt worse about the eagles than i do now well i i'm i'm only like my tunnel vision is just now that the sixers are done it's just eagles because the phillies are so hard to understand like the one get the one day they blew a seven to one lead against the mets and lost and then like the other day they blew a seven to one lead again against the dodgers but somehow they won i'm just like what can we just like get some consistency here no, this is the team we knew we were going to get. They're horrific in the field. They don't have any pitching. Yeah. Especially like, and, and then they can just mash home runs. They're either, like, they're, they're, either, not... they're either losing by like, a, they either score one run or they score 10. There is no in between. Yeah. They can home crush runs only. any team. They could crush any team they want to, but they could also lose to any team by a lot. No lead is safe. This is just, it's just, this, it's the same Phillies we've seen the last two seasons, but just the hitting is much better. Yeah, Harper's been really nice. Harper's a little hurt. Yeah, Shorber's been nice. Hoskins has been pretty hot the last like week or two. Well, it helps when you have other guys in the lineup, but everyone's going to eat. Yeah, that's true. But uh, beyond the Phillies, we did have another uh, team playing, and they were in the playoffs. I don't even think we got to talk about the Sixers during their playoff run because we did the draft. We did a playoff preview, and then we went right into the draft. I can't remember off the top of my head. Did I say the Sixers were going to beat the Heat? I feel like I, I did. No, I, I mean, you say a lot of foolish things. Sorry to keep track of it. I said I, it was going to go. Se- I think I said it was going to go seven, and then from there it's a coin flip. And I might have picked them. I don't remember. Yeah, I was also counting on a healthy Embiid. I think, I think if Embiid was healthy, they would have easily gotten seven games. But they just were out. They were manhandled, honestly. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if you said you didn't get to catch much of it because you know our the five-hour difference over in london but they just lacked like i mean game game five was bad like they were much better in game six but they're just getting out hustled out worked the miami just wanted it more like it's clear to see yeah. like and oh, no, gave it his all I, I don't i don't appreciate everyone shitting on and because he had 20 points on like 35 percent shooting or whatever it was but like at least he went out there and tried like can't say much for James Harden with his 11 points. You know, we need him to step up. Matisse Seibel, yeah. who I love for his defense, has been uh, almost as bad as Ben Simmons offensively. That's Actually, true. he might be worse right now. Yeah. Um, Danny Green got hurt, so that really messed up because he was starting to get a little hot. Tobias was, your, your, Tobias was hot series. and cold. The only yeah. consistent was really Embiid when he was healthy and then Maxi. Harden yeah. was there for the assists, but he wasn't there to to score when you needed him. That's that's a problem. They they need another, they need another score. I was talking to my coworker, and he was you know, we were talking about Bradley Beal. Like if 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 we can hold on to Maxi and even Harden, like if we can get a discount on Harden and keep him for the you know passing ability, playmaking ability, and then let get get a Bradley Beal type in here with Embiid and Maxi, like that's that's a huge improvement. 
the bench is still going to be the bench. The, the bench sucks, but. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I mean, listen, in that heat series, you saw three different teams. The first two games were a team that had no right even competing against the heat. And that's the team that went out there without Embiid. They just, yeah. they looked like a team that just didn't, couldn't even be in the same gym at them. And that's what happens when you're losing your best player on a team. That they look, they look like a, uh, a like borderline play-in team, like a 10, a 10, yeah. nine seed. Without that being. was pretty tough, but I mean, that's what you expect about him. He's the best player, and they don't have much behind him. They're not very, de- they don't He's have much of MVP. Then, MB- yeah, that was ridiculous. Then, Embiid comes back three and four, they go back home, and they look great. They look like the wake up, they, you know, they're yeah. back. They're like, you know, all we needed was our dude back. Embiid fought through the injury, he went out there for a purpose. James Harden came back like he was the MVP. Everything was clicking for them. Wait. Ultimately, when we did our NBA predictions, I said that the Heat were going to beat the Sixers because they lacked the depth and the talent that they needed to go against a team as deep as the Heat. And then you got to the game five and six, which really shocked me. That was where, one, you saw the Heat. They turned it around. They were like, all right, you know what? Backs against the wall. It's an even series. We need to go out there and win. And the better team went out and won. But the Sixers, man, they came out to make this a series. The whole city was buzzing. And the whole thing changed. You got your MVP. And you were now in a 2-2 series, and then you went and laid an egg. You fell on your face. Joel Embiid, man, I get it. You should have won the MVP. You, I don't know. That was a robbery. He didn't get the Embiid. But instead of coming out, like, pissed off and motivated, I'm going to prove everyone I should be the MVP, he went out there like he was a teenage girl who got dumped and was just miserable and moping. His body language is terrible. The whole team looked yeah. just drained. And... It's just, it's such a letdown. They made this a series when they brought their guy back and they fell on their face and didn't even look competitive. They looked nothing like, there was no fight. There was no fight at all. No, no. It's just, it's it's so disappointing. Two different teams. The Heat came when they needed to and they fought and they were ready for it. They're a deep team that, man, they had Max Strauss, whoever the hell that guy was, was out there lighting it up. Anytime they had an open three, that they drained that shit. Like I was like, "Oh, you got it." Especially when like the last. So what happened at the end of yesterday's game, the season, the finale, or game six elimination, whatever. The the Sixers came out of the fourth quarter horrible, and then he went up by like seventeen or eighteen, and with like six minutes left, and everyone's like, everyone started leaving. And then Maxi and uh, Shake Milton literally like carried the team to you know close it to like a nine point difference with like three minutes left. It was actually really impressive. Um, yeah. But then like like you said like the Heat just they still made their shots and I was like well can try as hard as we want they're they just want it more like See, that was you know a fact that's that's this team like they look dead in the water. I mean the fourth quarter was the yeah, the end but they, they, that game I was I mean. I, I watched the first half, then I went to bed, and I watched a little bit of the second half in the morning to catch up on it. I watched that game, and I just I was like, "There's no way they win this game." Just look at the body line; they're not even close. Like, yeah, the only guy you had to show up, the two guys you mentioned, is one a young guy, a young, energized guy who probably doesn't know any better when you're going to lose, and then a, a, yeah. a guy off the bench who just is trying to make the most of his minutes. Your superstars. I don't know how many times I saw James Harden just get beat on an offensive rebound. He just he didn't want to box anyone else, so he just got beat. Joel Embiid just didn't look like the MVP I saw in Game Three, Four, and Four. Uh, Tybo yeah, just I, missed his chance. It just there was nothing there, nothing there. I knew it was over when. I mean, they were they were only down by one and a half. They played pretty well in the second quarter, but or no, I, I lied. They didn't play that great in the second quarter. It was the whatever. It doesn't matter. 
I knew the game was over in the fourth when the I think they were they were playing pretty well defensively for a little bit, and then the Heat started like pounding on and pounding on them, and then Jimmy Butler drove. Oh, I, I think he, Butler, man. he drove and missed like either it was like a, a he took a, he he went up for a shot or a layup or whatever, and he missed, and the ball bounced to the side. And you see all these blue shirts, all these Sixers standing there. And what does yeah. Jimmy Butler do? He runs the sideline, gets his own rebound, drills a three. I was like, yeah. that's that's it right there. You, th- there's no hustle. There's no want no to win. There's no not like they all play like James see, Harden. Like that's and careless. you know what? Listen, I mean, yeah, Turnover machine solution. Harden. Easy solution. Just get Bradley Beal. He'll make everything better. Uh, he's a superstar, of course. Yeah, but it, it first off, so I'm well. not. I'm not doing anything with Tyrus Maxey. Tyrus Maxey's staying here. I don't care who you got. I, who I would be fine with, like, Tobias and Thibel for, for Beal or something like that. I mean, me and you would be. I don't think Washington would. But, but my – no, no, no. I, not going I, I actually think – I actually think – I mean, I'm not really surprised the way the, the Heat series played out because, I mean, in our predictions, I said the Sixers are going to lose the Heat, and I said it was because the Heat are deep. They have a team full of veteran championship players that know what they're going to do. And when it went to game five, they knew they had to go and win a game, and they did. And the Sixers didn't show up. I mean, Harden's going to get a lot of criticism. And, yeah, he did not show up in the last game and didn't have any hustle or anything. But the guy came in midseason. Like, this team's very – there is no depth to this team. And to be honest, if you had Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and didn't have James Harden, they're still losing to the Miami Heat in the second round, without a doubt in my mind. This team needs yeah. – and I think this is where – you bring back Harden. I think that's your best option. I don't. I, don't, I just don't see you bringing in a Bradley Beal without giving a Maxi, which I don't want to do. I think you bring in Harden if he's willing to come off a max contract, and then you need to surround this team with PJ Tucker's, with Kyle Lowry's, Victor Oladipo's. I, I these can... guys that are veterans that know what they're doing. Look at man, like PJ Tucker was a game changer. Victor Oladipo came back from the dead. He played eight games did, in the regular did you, season. Did you hear what you just said? Minutes. PJ Tucker was a game changer. That should not have been he a was. sentence. I know, you know I know, but I'm saying that shouldn't be a thing. Like they should have. He's like but that's what 59 it is. years old. Why did they let but him do that's whatever? What he is. You're talking about, dude. You're talking about a guy who's coming off a championship last year, and he did the same thing with Milwaukee. Look at Milwaukee last year. They had guys like PJ Tucker, Bobby Portis. These guys are so important to a championship team. You have your superstar, but man, remember before the Bucks won, Giannis would just get, they would build walls in front of Giannis. There's two or three years when he was MVP and he couldn't get out of the second round of the playoffs because they realized that you needed to get away from your superstar. Like in the playoffs, they're going to just take away your superstar or that's going to be the game plan every, every, you know, every single game. You need guys to step up. And we knew the Sixers weren't going to step up. Listen, Tybalt's got no offensive game. Four conscience see the floor. DeAndre Jordan was horrific as a buyout option. Pissed me off more than anything. I think it was he, game he one. played like two he seconds played, in the playoffs. Yeah, but in the game one and two, when he got minutes because Embiid was out, just infuriated me hearing game one, whoever it was, Grant Hill or, or Reggie Miller, whoever it was saying, oh, he gave great minutes. I'm like, dude, are you watching the same game I am? Like, but this is your backup center. Like, he's got to play. Like, you, mm-hmm. you have a, your best players, Joel Embiid. You need to give him a rest every once in a while. Like, this team didn't have the depth that you need. They didn't have the guys you needed. They have yeah. a superstar that can carry you. I think James Harden could be your number two. I think Tyrese Max is a very good player. I think Tobias Harris, I think, exceeded all expectations in the playoffs. But they missed the other guys. You didn't have the Bobby Portises, the P.J. Tuckers, the Victor Oladipos, the Max Struces of the world. 
Like it's just that's what this team's missing. And John B talked about it. He's like, we miss toughness. He even complimented PG Tucker and said, we need guys like that. And that's exactly what you need. And let's see, Daryl Morey's got to make his money. I don't know. I don't not like the fact that he's bringing. I, I'm indifferent on Dak Rivers. I I lean more towards not bringing him back, but I don't know who else you bring in. There's no one on that coaching market that excites me. Yeah, I I like. I like Doc. I respect him. He's a Hall of Fame coach. I don't know if some of his late game, he blows too many leads. His adjustments aren't great late in games, but I I don't want Mike D'Antoni. And if that's the other option, I'll stay with Doc. You know, you know who the best option probably is, is Frank Vogel. Uh, Jay Wright. I I don't want Vogel. Who the hell knows what you're getting with Jay Wright? I mean, I love the guy. He's a legend, but it's college basketball. I haven't seen many college basketball coaches come in up to the ranks of the NBA and start dominating right away. I it just, it, it's tough. I don't, the Sixers are in a tough spot where I, I don't necessarily think the model of James Harden, Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers can't win. I think that they need to fully invest in this team, bring in some guys. I mean, think about it. You lost Seth Curry and Andre Drummond with a team that didn't have much depth in, to begin with, then you yeah. trade away two of your depth pieces. You need you that, need that would have this roster out. I mean, I, th- I still think they wouldn't have gotten as far with Drummond and Seth, but no, I they think lose the heat. Uh, yeah. They would have made out the first, but this is the fourth time in five years that they've lost in the second round. They haven't gotten farther than that. And you know what, but this is, I mean, this is the other thing, like you gave away a max, I mean, not gave away, but you had a, you were in a transition year from when you, from one of your max contract players, this year was going to be tough regardless because Simmons was a coward and didn't want to play, you know, regardless if you traded him or not, you were going to have to patch this whole thing together on the fly. You had one of your best players and one of your max contract players and one of your franchise pillars didn't want to play like this season was going to be a tough ask too much to expect from Embiid to carry them any further than he did. And I mean, Harding comes onto the team, but he's only been here since March. You know, you can't kill the guy that much. He's clearly lost a half a step, but he doesn't need to be Houston Rockets, James Harden. He needs to show up and score more than 11 points or whatever it was in the last game. Yeah. And put some effort out there on the offensive class, but you weren't going to, this team wasn't going to go any further. If you didn't bring in James Harden, this isn't James Harden. This is, this really comes down to the whole Ben Simmons saga. I mean, what were you going to do? This team without Ben Simmons in the capacity that they were in before the trade wasn't going to get past the heat. The trade you made midseason to patchwork this team together and give away the little depth you had wasn't going to get past the heat. If you had Ben Simmons on this team, you still weren't getting past the heat. It just, it, it was a transition year because you were moving on from Simmons. You were held hostage by him. And do you want to hear a devastating what stat? What? If I'm, if I'm remembering it correctly... James Harden had the same amount of uh, shots in the the third and fourth quarter of game six, as did Ben Simmons in last year's game. No, I mean, yeah, but which was like two. (laughs) Yeah. At least you but at least James Harden standing on the three point line spaced out the defense a little bit. Ben Simmons standing on the three point line did nothing. I mean, that's as valuable as me sitting out there. That's another testament to how, gritty the heat play because they were like fuck the rest of your players we're gonna triple team joel and bead 
because you guys was, can't score. And yeah. they were right. We couldn't. <laughs> so, But that's – dude, that's what playoff basketball is. They're not going to just let your superstar just dominate you, like, you know, drop 50 points on you and win a game. The Heat are incredible. I have them in the finals when we did our predictions because mm-hmm. this team's so deep. And, listen, yeah. Jimmy Butler's incredible, and he was awesome. But it's the fact that they got guys like Oladipo, P.J. Tucker, Bam, Kyle Lowry. When Tyler he's Hero. Tyler Hero. Threes, left six, and right. Dude, you're talking about the sixth man of the year, a defensive player of the year candidate, a superstar in Jimmy Butler, plus depth. Duncan Robinson didn't even sniff the game. I was going to say, he's, and he's a top one shooter, One of the best three-point shooters. Yeah. You got, you got undrafted guys like, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? Caleb Martin, Max Struess. Deadman out there getting minutes and making the most of them. Like that is the equivalent of our Furkan Korkmaz, DeAndre Jordan, and like Shake Millen. Like mm. it's just, it's not even close. Yeah, that that's the problem. So the, the, the issue now going forward is how do you build the team? Because you can go for a player like a Bradley Beal and then kind of piece together a bench, or you can do the Miami Heat approach and you build. Now that one takes longer, obviously, but Miami was, I mean, they're great with player development. They always have these guys they draft and build up, and then they they grab these players that just fit their system in free agency or in trades. And I mean, Jimmy Butler's a demon in the playoffs, and it it oh, it, it hurt me so bad that uh, I don't know if you caught his his uh, post game interview, but he said uh, basically he was like, oh, I still you know love Embiid, you know he's my guy. I wish I could still play. He said, he said, I wish I could still play on his team. He didn't say, I wish I could still be on the Sixers. But no, you didn't know he was going to say that. Yeah. Not but, when he's wearing Miami Heat jersey. Well, no, because he was like, <laughs> it sounded like he was like, oh, yeah, I wish I was still, I wish I could, was still playing on this team, but I love Miami Heat. And I was like, yeah. of course. Yeah. Well, well, we chose uh, not to, not that, to, uh, that was the mistake. That was the mistake in itself. And what we, this was a transition year because of Ben Simmons. And that was a complete failure on your path. But this is this is the cost of making a mistake, like keeping Ben Simmons and Max Johnson. making from. a lot of mistakes. Well, Besides, listen, and B is why. the only bright spot. Yeah, well, Maxi. We're getting we're getting there. So yeah, I'll stop with that. I but look at are you talk about the Miami? Look at the guys they brought in this year. Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, and PJ Tucker. Kyle Lowry didn't even play. Actually, the game no. he played, they looked worse. So yeah, true. But still, you know, he makes an impact. Yeah. But PJ Tucker, Victor Oladipo, Victor Oladipo, who was dead, dead, literally. I think his body oh. just gave up on him. Came back from the dead to go out there and get some minutes and produce. They're not superstars, but they're guys that can play their role and play hard and effective. I will. I will say, if we had, you know, Harden. Um, a healthy Embiid, a healthy Danny Green, um, and still had Curry and Drummond because those were off-season pickups. I think it would be a much better team. Obviously, you have to give those up to get pieces like Harden, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do. I mean, it's, it's this is a very important off-season. I think you're, the, Embiid to... is is in his prime, and the way he plays, he's not going to be you know the the perennial mvp candidate you know more than a couple more years i feel like so we'll see. i mean listen i i think well this year was the best john beat i've ever seen what he was doing out there is just i think yeah. his stroke looked incredible he's got the three-point game really excelled this year his movement with the ball man he just takes anyone. i will say could... if if anyone didn't see i'm sure there's highlights i think it was game 
It was was it game five? Might be game five or game four. But look up Joel and B guarding Victor Oladipo. Now I've never seen oh, so good. a seven foot man run so fast and still maintain his like balance and guard a another player. It was incredible. That, that's the defense that you love. That's the thing. He's still, you know, he was a leading scorer in the NBA and he is uh, you know, second team, third team, or was he maybe it was first team this year? Um, all defense team. So like yeah. What more do you want? I I mean this this offseason is gonna be tricky because I still think I know he gets crushed, but I still think I want to bring back James Harden. I'm not really interested in bringing him back on the max contract because we already He's have one of those him. mistakes. They, they can't give him a max. There's no way. I mean I mean, listen, Tobias is not worth a max. He's been he was nice in the playoffs, but he's not worth the max. And that's but Tobias, Tobias Max is not a James Harden max, though. Well, yeah, no, true. Yeah. I agree um, with you there. I, I he think, did, you I mean, what? they did ask Harden about his contract, and he said, I'm I'll do what I have to do to, to help get this team a championship. I don't know how much of a lie that is, but we'll see when it comes hey, to the bringing we'll back. We'll see. So. I, I mean, listen, I I, I never James Harden. Well, I mean, when James Harden wants to get traded, he you know changes you know his persona completely. But when James Harden is playing basketball, he's not really that like this diva that like it just can't be playing with. It's not. I I, I didn't mean that. I just mean like uh, his performance does not warrant that. Like oh yeah, no. He well, had the, the he had thirty one points in the, the one game, and he was shooting lights out, and you know. But you no, you got to be. I think it was game four. He had thirty one. You got to be better than like 11 fucking points in the elimination game. I don't care if you're the facilitator. You got to step up when your best player is got, you know, a torn ligament in his thumb uh, or facial fracture and can barely stand because he's tripping over himself. And you got Maxi flying to the court, missing half of his layups because he's the only one trying to score. You know, it's it's. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. there's really it was it's really hard to say you're proud of anyone's performance. I mean, Maxi didn't look great. He was one of seven from the three, nine of twenty-two on the floor. No, Maxi yeah, had a, Maxi had a rough. I mean, he was he was aggressive at the end. Um, that's where he got a lot of his points. But he uh, he has games like that though, and that's why you need other players to step up, like a uh, Tobias Harris or a Matisse Thybul, who still waiting for him to fucking shoot the ball. Yeah, but, but you just look. I mean, like. My T stable 12 minutes. That's probably too much for just a defensive guy that has no offensive mm. game. I mean, he's lost his luster. 15 minutes for George Niang. I mean, Danny Green's gone. He's he might retire because the injury's bad enough. Yeah, I I mean, just but you look at the bench, man. Like, look at the first five names off the bench: George Niang, Paul Reed, Matisse Tybal, Shake Milton, and Forcon Corkmas. Like Shake, that is Shake's not... fine, but the rest of them are meh. Yeah, look at the look at the the heats first five guys off the bench Caleb martin deadman hero oladipo robinson like these guys just like the fact that deep. hero and oladipo are on the bench says enough like yeah it's just two different teams different attitudes too man i mean i this was a transition year you, you're foolish if you thought that you had your your hopes too high you knew ben simmons was going to handcuff this whole year this yeah. is the well this is the real problem this was what you want to look at daryl morey and be like what the fuck man because if you moved on from him in the offseason, this season could have been different. But you held on to him in the season. You kept this circus going all year. I mean, I'm happy with the more the trade they made with him. Um, I was happy when they did it. Obviously, it didn't really work out at the end. But 
this is what happens when you keep this circus alive. You keep this soft ass max player you have on the bench who refuses to come back. This team is just a distraction. You just you have a distraction all year lingering over you, and anything you do is going to be a slap. You know you're going to have to be slapping something together like you did with Harden. You got to throw them out there and hope it all works out. Mm. I don't know. With with the situation you were in, it's pretty tough. I, I we'll see what happens. I just I think this team needs to prioritize building a team, get some depth on you know. Yeah. James Harden. The bench has always been an issue since Embiid's been an All Star. They've always had a terrible bench. So, well, to be fair, that's that's just. I mean, look at the Horford deal. That was horrific. That was a honestly idea. the best bench they had was probably the Jimmy Butler year. Well, that's because the team was loaded. You had Tobias Harris, Butler, Embiid, Simmons, and uh, whoever else was starting. I don't even remember who the fifth guy was on the on the floor. Who was the other guy? Hmm. I don't remember. Hmm. Who does it been? It, it just it's oh Chedic. Who? JJ Redick. Oh Redick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah, that was a good team. And too bad they hey, we'll lost see. I mean, a... listen, it's up to Maury now. Maury's got to really fill out this team. He already decided he's keeping Doc. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not in love with the idea of bringing back Doc, but I also am not naive to know that there's nothing else out there. What do you want? The the other co- names that have been fired and hired from three different you know coaching jobs in the last decade? That's Yeah, that's a, I, honestly the only names that come to mind that I would be down for are – either keeping doc and just building the team up better, giving them, you know, actual good bench and players. Jay, Jay Wright, if you wanted to come to the NBA or to really, you know, spice up the NBA, hire uh, Dawn Staley from uh, South Carolina women's basketball team. Cause she's, she's from Philly. She's had a lot of NBA ties already. So. I like the idea of the diversity and everything, but this is a team that I want to compete for a championship right now. Bringing in a coach with no head coach experience in the NBA is not necessarily what I'm looking for right now. Um, I mean, Doc, Doc Rivers against... looks like he needs a walker every time he walks around the court. So, oh, listen, don't, I'm, I'm not. This is that was not a compliment to Doc. This is just, <laughs> this is just like I want to bring in a guy that's been there and they don't grow on trees. I think my number one option if we moved on with Doc would be Frank Vogel, and I'm not saying that's something I'm super I don't, into. I don't like Frank Again, Vogel. But you want someone that's been there. This is a team that's ready to compete right now. I, I don't know. I mean, you're in the tough spot. I, I don't love the idea of bringing back Doc, but I don't see any I, other. I agree though. There, there isn't. Yeah. I, as far as like planted NBA coaches, no, there are no better options than. Or even anywhere. like just those superstars waiting in the wing, like when Nick Nor when they fired uh, when Toronto fired uh, Dwayne Casey because they had Nick Nurse waiting, mm-hmm. or you know. I don't know. I mean, Steve Nash got his job because he was best friends with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. But like, you know, there's not really like, I don't know, Sam Cassell maybe or um, who's the other guy? It's uh, all former players now because who's coaching the Mavs? It's um, Jason Kidd, right? Jason Kidd. Yeah. yeah. But what have they done? I mean, I know there's a new trend of hiring former players as coaches. What have they done? Steve Nash is not really. good. Jason no. Kidd. I mean, yeah, the the, the Mavericks are fighting there in Game Seven, but. These two guys, Nash and Kidd, they also went to teams with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Luka Doncic. Well, and yeah, I mean, yeah. whoever takes on the Sixers will have John Bede, but still, I, I'd i want someone, for a team that I think should be expecting to compete, I want someone that is more established. Yeah, well, in case you weren't listening in that entire conversation, the Sixers did in fact lose to the Miami, to Miami Heat in game six. 
of the second round of the NBA playoffs, a.k.a. they have been eliminated once again. Another year, same story. Um, Elsewhere, so today is Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky. Um, The Suns and Mavericks are going to a game seven because the Mavericks won last night. Kind of wild. I would not have expected. Actually, all these games are like game six or more, which is kind of surprising i feel like um i didn't expect it to be this tight but second round yeah we got milwaukee's up three two on the celtics they play tonight uh friday and then the warriors and grizzlies play the same night uh, after them they're also up the golden state's up three two so i gotta say the theme of the second round though injuries devin booker out john morant out yeah chris middleton out and beat obviously missed his time it's yeah, very I, interesting to see these series still going on so long and so late with these major players out. I think um, you picked Warriors and uh, Heat, right? Or did you pick Suns and Heat in the finals? Sun and Heat in the finals. The way, yeah, the way the Heat, because Heat are probably going to get Lowry back. I could see the Heat because I could see. I think the Bucks will beat the Celtics. And hey, the man, Warriors. I don't know. The Bucks do not knock the Bucks out. They've been, they've looked real good. I mean, considering what they're doing right now without Chris Middleton, I think they're going to wrap up the series against the Celtics tonight. Um, they, man, they look like they're going to give me the Bucks versus the Heat. That is a series I'll stay up for. That is, yeah. I want, that's two Titans at it. That's two deep Titans. That are two teams. You should, Daryl Morey, watch that series because those are the teams you need to build around. Two yeah. deep teams with championship caliber guys that knows what it takes in the playoffs. People yeah. that play up to it when you, the PJ Tuckers, the, you know, the Bobby Portis's, the Victor Oladipo's, get those guys, the Kyle Lowry's, go get those guys. Yeah. And I think the Warriors, I mean, no John Morant for the Grizzlies. I think the Warriors take care of a business. So. Yeah, 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 I'd probably agree with you there. The, the Grizzlies have been fun, but and John Moran is electric. But without yeah. John Moran, I mean, it's going to be tough. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All okay. right. Um, should we switch to what I've been dying to talk about? Because it's oh. been a couple weeks and a lot has happened. What are you dying let's, to talk about? Let's talk about the birds. Oh, the birds, baby. Can I, can I, can I tell you one thing? The, one of the, the, I don't know, the perks, downsides, whatever you want to call it, for living it. Um, five hours ahead of you in time zones is yeah. I can't, I can't stay up. I can't stay up late for everything. Mm-hmm. And the eight o'clock draft time, um, you know, one o'clock over here is just one of those events I'm not staying up for there, but I'll tell you one thing. The perks of this is when I wake up in the morning and I check my phone, I don't need a cup of coffee when I see the phone light up and I see AJ Brown on the Eagles or I see N'Kobe Dean to the Eagles in the third round. Uh-huh. Those are days I don't need coffee. Yeah. And I'll tell you the other the other side of this is I woke up I think it was it was I don't know whatever whatever the second round of the draft was I was so confused that my emotions were all over the place I woke up and the Phillies had been no hit Joel Embiid was ruled out for the playoffs and Nicobe <laughs> Dean was an eagle in the third round and I was just like I don't even know where to begin here this is a lot to process at you know eight thirty in the morning I haven't even fully awakened yet and there's a lot in my mind but I think I, I think that was the second day I'm pretty sure every the 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 first rap the that Thursday it was all Philly like the Sixers finished the Raptors, yeah. um the, the oh yeah but NB got hurt the Phillies I'm pretty sure won because then the next like couple days they got no hit, um and the something happened I think the Flyers didn't play so that was a win 
but uh, yeah exactly um no yeah it was it was i'll tell you i went to me and nick were watching it his place and uh it was it was really funny because obviously we 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 i predicted the eagles were going to take jordan davis so i i was cool with that i'm not it. sure i would have. I, I think they only moved up because of the ravens were there yeah yeah, weird. yeah listen you know what but, can i i'll i'll, I'll say this and i'll let you finish okay, okay. bitching because i had the same mentality of you i was i loved the jordan davis pick didn't like that they had to move up that is the most first world football problem in the world yeah. like if the guy's good who gives a shit that we gave up a third round pick or a fourth round pick to move up but i do agree with you 100 percent. i love the pick didn't like the way to move up well yeah so uh, my initial thought process was we had um two receiver well we had drake uh what was his name drake london went to the falcons at like eight and then yeah. we had um the Ohio State guy went at like 10. And then another Wilson, res- yeah. Jameson Williams. No, who was it? Alove. Alove for the Saints. He went, was that was that 11 or 12? I think that was I think that was 11. And then 12 was there. And the Lions traded up. And then the Eagles traded up to 13. And I was like, oh, are they trying to get a receiver? Jameson Williams was still there, and I was like, Oh, this could be for him. And then the Lions took him. And I was like, Three receivers in a row, and the lot why would <laughs> the Lions take a receiver here? And then I was like, All right, well, who's left? Maybe Jordan Davis. And then they took Jordan Davis. Maybe that's who they trade they trade up for it, anyways. But you know, it is what it is. Then a couple of picks later happened. Eagles are on the clock. And all of a sudden I see it, you know, the ticker at the bottom changed and it said Titans are now on the clock. And I, I turned to Nick and I was like, did you see that? That the, we just trade with the Titans. He's like, Oh, well, that was weird. Uh, and then we both kind of like stared at it for a second, yeah. like complete, they're like complete silence. And then we looked at each other at the same time. We're like, no, AJ Brown. No, like it couldn't be. And we started, awesome. we, we started freaking out. We're like, we immediately jumped to Twitter. and we're like, is this possible? Is this what they're going to do? And then, Slowly the news broke and we got AJ Brown for a, a first and what a, a third? Absolute steal. Steal. <laughs> even the contract they gave him wasn't even like, I mean, listen, you paid him a number one wide receiver salary. Like, uh, I hate the people who are like, oh, look at the money you got to pay him. Blah, blah. Like, dude, did you see the 30 million the fucking Dolphins just gave oh, Tyreek? Great Hill? contract. Yeah, that was a wonderful contract. Considering we got him from a team that didn't want to pay him and we got him at that deal, awesome. I always look at when you trade for superstars for, you know, away from situations where their player, where their teams don't want to just give them a huge contract. As long as they're not getting a Tyree kill contract, you win. Like as long as you don't break the market, you win. I give Howie so much credit. These last two drafts, he's really, really made up for his sins. Yeah. And listen, I know we both bitched about them trading off for Jordan Davis, but I love Jordan Davis, man. I think he's a oh, really good player. I liked him great. a lot with Georgia. I don't, but, I don't understand people like saying, Oh, he's a two down player. He can't play in the NFL, blah, blah. Did like, they fucking see the defense that Georgia was running out there. Why like, would they leave him out there when they have the defense that Georgia has? It's like, first of all, he's not going to be asked to start and play three downs every, you know, drive. It's, he's going to be a rotational guy, get his footing in the NFL eventually take over for Fletch and he's going to have plenty of time to either get in shape 
or figure out how he's going to stay on the field. He doesn't, like you said, Georgia he's rotated. Eager. Georgia had an NFL defense. They were rotating yeah. players all the time, keeping them fresh so that they could bully people. It's what the NFL yeah. does. You know, let's the people, Eagles love their rotations. Do people realize that, like, yeah, he played maybe the first two downs when they took him off the field, but, like, the number one overall pick was, like, part of that defense that they would yeah. keep on the field during uh-huh. the third. Like, the team was so deep. Like, why wouldn't you? The Eagles did it in 2017. Is Fletcher Cox bad because he rotated with the defensive line that they had? No. It's just you had the depth. Why wouldn't you? I yeah. love it. I mean, listen, this is how he back-to-back years trading up for the guy he wanted. It worked with Smith. I'm very confident it's going to work with Davis. But more importantly, how we work on the phones, realizing that, you know what, this team needs a wide receiver, mostly because I fucking suck at drafting wide receivers. Let me just go and get one. We heard all the rumors about the wide receivers, Debo, A.J. Brown, D.K., all wanted to be traded. We were all pissed that Tyree Kill, you know, that the Eagles weren't even talking to Tyree Kill or, or in, in on Devontae Adams or anything like that. But dude, give me give me AJ Brown at what is it like? I think it's like twenty four, you know, a mil a year mm-hmm. when Tyreek Hill was thirty, like and five draft picks. Dude, you got AJ Brown for like twenty five four mil a year and a first and a third. The Dolphins gave up thirty mil a year and five draft picks to go get Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, I think, is a better player, but is he that much better than AJ Brown? I don't think so. Different play style. Different play style and even better. And you know what? Give it. Uh, I've been very critical to Howie, but even more credit to Howie is he. He basically leveraged himself. He hedged his bet and got those picks. He's got two first round picks next year. Yep. So why do we give a shit that we turn three first round picks into one? I mean, we got one rookie this year out of three first round picks, but we have two more next year. The guy hedged his bets. If yeah, you know, it stings a little more if Adrian Brown's your only. You know, you get your Adrian Brown, you don't have any rookies this year, but. We got Jordan Davis, AJ Brown, and we have two first round picks next year. Uh, yeah, they went. I, they went I, from having like incredible a incredible. ton of draft picks to only taking like five or six players. But so. they took the guys they wanted. The first yeah. three picks. Look at it. Davis, love them. The what's the other guys? Humphrey, hun, hungry, hung, something. I don't know. The he's center? a yeah. He's an interior offensive lineman. Cam Jurgens. That's it. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. So very and, close. <laughs> but like you know, Jurgens kind of reminds me of Dickerson. And then you got Nicobe Dean the third. Yeah, they they packaged their their numerous picks into using them to get guys they wanted. I'm yeah. convinced that Jurgens, Dean, and um, Davis are all guys that were near the top of the Eagles draft board, and they went and did it. And that's what you should do, man. Accumulate picks and use those picks to go get the guys you want. Don't just bring in ten fucking bodies just to cut half of them, and then you know keep and then another quarter of them to suck. Use your draft picks to go and get value and go get the guys you like. If you have enough draft picks, no one on the draft board is out of your reach. Shit, if you wanted to, you could probably go on Trayvon Walker and first overall pick. I'm sure the Jaguars would have listened. Just use your picks to get the guys you want. I think the Eagles did that 100%. Very happy. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Howie his due. I He's had back-to-back very good drafts and very good off-seasons, so... He's back in the the good the good doghouse. Um, he is, but you know what? It was to make up for the two horrific ones he had the year the two years before. So I'll yeah. give Howie his due. You know, I, I was definitely leading the charge to get his ass out of here, but I, he has really changed it around. Now, I I don't think anything can top the AJ Brown like that. That for me is the biggest uh, the biggest Easily. like takeaway from the draft weekend. But 
I know you're not, you know, that great at math, but what's, let's see, Nakobe oh, Dean was taken number 83 overall. What's 83 minus 15? Six, uh, 68. Sure. <laughs> so I would have been totally fine with Nakobe Dean at 15. And I put him in when we did our mock draft. I had them drafting yeah. Kobe Dean. <laughs> yeah, in the first round, we got him. Sixty-eight players later, he was still there. I was like, once it once they skipped on him in the second round, I was like, that's too late. He's gone. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And then you sat there at eighty. I was like, I still was like, there's no way they're going to take him. If they didn't take him earlier, they're not going to take him now. And then I hear the Kobe Dean. I was like, oh, and you better believe he's got a chip on his shoulder now. Oh, for sure. And to pair with Jordan David, like, oh my god, I love it! They're, they're, they're got, gonna, I'm so excited to see if I want to see them wreck havoc. It'll be fun. I wanted to on our on our mock draft. I had Nakobe Dean to the Eagles in the first round. I think mm-hmm. at 15. I think I had their 15th pick, not their 18th pick. And just like I would have been so, ha- I would have been happy with that. And then like you factor in, okay, you still got Dean, but you managed to get AJ Brown, Jordan Davis, and Jurgens while also getting them like how can you not be happy i i just it's it, it, when howie has made a habit of reaching for guys that i just didn't see the value in you know rager white side uh just shit if you want to even put a what's his face the guy that got hurt um cindy jones hmm. this is numerous guys that the eagles have drafted before you know anyone else was really interested in them i think they had the complete opposite approach i think they got everyone in a position where it was good value i think I mean, Jordan Davis, they had to trade up and get him for him. I still think him at 13 is good value. Yeah. I, Me just being a snob and first world problems is bitching that we had to trade up in front to get him. But let's be realistic. Who wouldn't want him? Dude's I'm, massive, I'm just, massive I'm just, nose tackle on the best defensive team we've seen in college football ever. I'm just trying to, to fathom that the Eagles this offseason, the offseason plus the draft, have tackled their two probably biggest weaknesses which were wide receiver and now i would argue that they have if you factor goddard in there they probably have a top 10 wide receiver group but you know like nine or ten but it's it's yeah um and you'll get linebacker you got davion taylor who's still growing still learning he could he started coming on nicely in the end until he got hurt tj edwards is solid plug and play guy then you got Kaiser White, who started for the Chargers, had 100 some tackles, and now you've got yeah. Nicobe Dean and then Hassan Reddick off the edge. I, that's that's a lot of a good improvement to me. So I'm, I'm happy pleasantly with happy with it. Yeah, I'm very I'm very happy with those. Honestly, it's gone much better than I could have ever dream of. I was hoping for like two defenders and a wide receiver, and then we managed to turn it into two first round picks next year: AJ Brown and Jordan Davis, and the guy I ultimately wanted in the first round, Nicobe Dean. <laughs> you can't go wrong yeah really really i mean aj Brown's the best wide receiver i think philly's seen since tl yeah i without a doubt yeah um and then not to you know uh forget the other guys there were two other picks in the sixth round uh edge rusher from kansas kyron johnson which i haven't heard much about but i heard he's actually you know pretty quick and then uh grant calcaterra who I think played with Jalen Hurts for a season um, from Oklahoma. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are they'll, they'll be depth guys, but, you know, it's good to have. Uh, I was, I will say if there's one nitpick that, and I can't really nitpick because 
I would still rather have Nicobe Dean, AJ Brown, and uh, Davis instead of this. But I was shocked they didn't go after a corner or a safety in the first three rounds. Hey, hey but, you know what value? But it they went turned out to be fine. Year. So maybe, hey, you know what? You know who's floating around there? I wouldn't mind uh, if they whispered Bradbury. to James Radbury. Yeah. Wouldn't mind if they whispered to him. Just, right place, yeah. Just be like, hey, what's up, bro? What are you doing? You want to get some revenge on the Giants? Say less. Yeah, exactly. I you, Listen, you're in May. There'll be a Steve June. Nelson signing. He'll sign two weeks before the season starts. And Exactly. I was going to say, you're in May, you know, midway May. Every free agent at this point is at the right price. There's a reason they're still around in midway May. So going off that, I think we can wrap this up with the brand new. Obviously, we've been catching up with everything that happened the last three weeks. Now we can talk about something that just happened today. I'm not well, sure. Yesterday for today. us, but yeah. Oh, same thing. So we got the schedule release. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I actually saw that the Eagles were definitely top five, but I want to say they're like almost top three easiest schedule next year. All I know is that the – Dallas Cowboys have the easiest schedule from what I was told. So I think I'm I'm not gonna lie, I think the NFC East is like four of the top five. I mean, look at it now. Yeah, but it looks pretty easy. There is one tough stretch. So let me I'll run it through you. I'll whisper in your ear and give you some of the good stuff. I mean, we, we can start- go game by I say we go game by game and just pick and see what the okay. schedule is. Good or see so we what start, the ranking record. We start the schedule. Pick. We start the schedule with Detroit coming to Philly, September eleventh, two thousand twenty-two. Never forget, but there is going to be a travesty happening to the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah, I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be a beatdown. I think this is a let's you get know, the season but that's going. that's that's a typical Eagles way to start the season on a low-level team and just smack the shit out of them, and then come to week two and lose the home opener to the Vikings. Monday Night Football. I actually <laughs> would not be surprised if that's exactly. I actually think that is exactly what's going to happen. I think yeah. we smack the Lions and probably lose against the Vikings. Yeah. But then we get to welcome back Carson Wentz. Oh, God. Well, not welcome back because it's away, but... Oh, I'm sorry. I had it the, the other way. But, yeah. We welcome back or say hello to Carson Wentz. I, I, I'll, I'll go on a limb and say yes, the Eagles will win that game. I think they will too. I'm not impressed with commanders or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. They just, yeah, they're, they're, they're a train wreck. I mean, you know what? Some, some part of me maybe thinks Carson Wentz finds his way and, you know, shows out there, but yeah. Too early. Yeah. So I'll give us a W there. All right. Week four, bring Jacksonville to town. Oh, the same beat down we gave to Detroit, we're giving to Jacksonville. Wow. So Eagles are going to be three and one after, after four games. Yeah, but then we're gonna get then we gotta start talking. I don't I don't like this going to Arizona game. That's oh, you I think do that's a think, loss. Yeah, I you know what I was you know me. I I was high on the Cardinals last year. You were. I if they if they figure out this Kyler Murray thing, I think that with Marquise Brown there, Hopkins is suspended, so hopefully miss this game. But I think the Cardinals could be a, a a real team next year. I think they could be a real contender, a real problem. All right, so we'll have the Cardinals win. Then we have week six is Cowboys at Eagles. Monday Night Football. Is it Monday Night Football? It is. No, it says Sunday. Sunday. um, I'm sorry. It's it's, Monday morning football for you. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
It happened. Monday a.m. football. God damn. It's just uh, it's just one twenty in the morning Monday. I think uh, I think they I think they split with Dallas again this year. All right, here. But which game? But which game do they win? Is the question. I was to say, hear me out here. Which one would you rather win? Sunday night football before the bye at home or in Dallas on Christmas Eve. They Ooh. both are prime. Those are both prime games. Like, I don't want to lose Ooh. either of them, but I agree with you. I think we're going to lose one of them. I think that I think we lose the game before the bye week. We're on a two game losing streak. We go into the bye. People, you know how Philly sports is. We're chirping, we're chiming. But I think we ultimately pick it together because at the end of the schedule, when we get through it, the last five games are pretty easy. I think that's the game we win. I think we end the season on a pretty on a high note. I mean, going into the week seven by three and three, I could I could see that little little stumbling out the gate, and then they they I mean the Eagles always you know finish strong. So coming out of the bye, Steelers. You're in Pitts, you, you get Pitts, I I think you're in win. Philly. In Philly, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. They you're welcome, Pittsburgh. They don't fuck. Yeah, I think you win. I think you win Pittsburgh, and then I think you give the same beatdown you just gave to the Jaguars in Detroit to Houston. In a lot Houston. of beatdowns going around. We got to have a couple of forty pieces. This is what happens when you play a trash schedule. Ben, okay, so now, now the big one is. Oh wow, we welcome Carson Wentz back home on Monday Night Football. Look at that. And they had long rest because the Thursday, the the Texans game was on a Thursday. So I think they sweep Washington. I I think Washington, I think they're a good, they have the makings of a a solid team, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think I I like car. I want to like Carson still, but I don't think he's the answer for them. I agree with you. I think we beat Washington again. Now we get to easily the hardest part of the schedule. You start with the Colts. I think that's an L. I think the Colts are a team to to reckon with this year in a very weak I think he goes back to it. You think Sirianni goes to his old team and loses in Indianapolis? You think Frank Reich welcomes his former team and loses? Well, here's the thing. I think they'll be, I don't think it'll be the same as last year where they lose to all the good teams. I think they'll win one of these. So I, I think they either beat the Colts or they beat the Packers. Not both, but I think they beat one of them. So who are you picking? Honestly, I'm. I feel more confident being the Packers. I, I'm not very scared of the Packers this year. I really. This team is not a so, very strong so you, team. We t- we lose to the Colts in Indianapolis and you, then beat the Packers at home. Yeah, why not on uh, Sunday Night Football? Why not? I. Okay. You know what? I, I have Arizona and Indianapolis because well, this is how I team for me. This is how I look at it. You beat. You beat a. Uh, or you lose to Indianapolis? You go on a little streak here. Right, you beat Green yeah. Bay. Then you got the Titans, who I I don't know how good they're going to be with Tannehill still kind of, you know. I could see you losing that game though. The Titans, I listen. They all say AJ Brown, but they're 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 not an awful team. I don't think they're going to be like a number one seed in the AFC like they've been the last couple of years. But they're not a bad team. I wouldn't be surprised if we lose to the Titans there. I'd probably say L to the Titans. Mm, you stole all my my thunder of my my win streak. All right. Yeah, but you know what? I'll agree. You know what? I'll agree listen with you there. Here. Listen, listen to me here. How okay. likely is okay. this? How much do you believe this? He can write. It writes his own story. You beat Green Bay on a massive upset on national TV, and then fall flat and lose to the Titans the next week. That that just seems that, that's like the most. Philadelphia I mean thing. that yeah that that should be just tattooed on the 
every Eagles player because yeah. that sounds about right. But All then right. we get to the fun part. So here, yeah, here's where I look at it. Fine, you lose, you you, you split a couple tougher games. That is a pretty brutal three game stretch. Four, I'll, I'll no, give Washington the, credit. That's a good four, four game stretch. That's the toughest part of your schedule by far. But I mean, it's easier than the last the fucking uh, first six weeks we had last year. Oh, and this is hardly murderous row. I mean, yeah. the Titans are hurting. I don't, I'm they're all really beatable. Down the Packers. Yeah. The, the Colts, honestly, out of those three games, the Colts are the ones I'm worried. The Colts are in that weird, like them and the Cardinals. There's tears to the NFL. I think the Cardinals and the Colts are being overlooked. Like, I think they're actually serious contenders where people are just mm-hmm. looking at them as a playoff team. They, they, they're like in the same level. I, mean, I think the Colts, when we do our preview, the Colts and the Cardinals are two teams that I'm going to push hard because I like their makings. I think that they're actually serious contenders that no one is giving any respect to. We'll see. But the – so we have a lose. We have a loss to the Titans week 13. And then the Eagles yeah. go on a three-week road trip. Win all three of them. I agree. So I meant – I said that the schedule it ends nicely – that you have a little bit of competition in the beginning, then you have your buy, a little more competition to keep you, you know, make sure we know who you are, and then you can fucking cruise to the last, you know, five weeks of the season. I think they win five straight. Like, I think they beat they, the Saints. Uh, there's no, yeah. They, I mean, listen, I, I definitely see them. They should win five straight, but it's the Eagles. They definitely won't win five straight. And you know who they always fucking lose to and they always struggle with? I wouldn't be surprised if you dropped one to the Saints here. Or really, you're gonna they're gonna lose the either Bears. that Giants game or the Saints. Nah, I feel confident with the Giants. The you think Bears. they're gonna split it's, with the the Giants? They game? fucking always do. All right, but I would it be the eight week eighteen or week fourteen? No, we have the Giants number. It's the Washington and Dallas that give us trouble. I say they sweep the Giants, and then I'll give you Chicago or New Orleans. Which one do you think will lose? The Saints. I I don't think right. I think Chicago's gonna be really so, bad this year. So, all right, they'll win the three game, three weeks on the road. I could see that, and they lose back home to the Saints, and then finish. They come back to Earth, yeah. Come back to and the, then finish week eighteen. With the... I can I tell you this: week eighteen will be for the uh, NFC East title. Oh uh, wait a minute, then listen. It won't have anything to do with the Giants. It'll be the Eagles win. You gotta, and they're in. You gotta let me uh, speak first. All right, go. Ahead. Well, the dogs won't let you, so go ahead. Yeah. Um. So we have week eighteen. All right. If they will calm down for a second. I think, I think, listen, I think that it's too good of a think, a feeling to say we're going to win five games to end the end the season. <clears throat> no, that's not what I'm saying. I, I think it's, yeah, it's optimistic thinking. But what I'm saying is week 18 comes around. The Eagles will be, hold on, I just had it up, will be uh, 10 and six, right? Okay. I think Dallas will be around that nine win, 10 win because uh, of how their yeah. schedule plays out too. So I'm saying I think this will be like if they win, they're in clinch the division type of game. Not the Giants will be like two and twelve or whatever. They'll be terrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that would bring the Eagles to eleven and six. I could I can see that five one in the division. I I agree too. I think four in the conference. They they're my they're my team. I think they're gonna win the division this year. I think the way the division is, the Giants are a joke common whatever the hell their name is i'm not bought sold on carson wentz yet and i think the cowboys are about to take a big drop off now they lost way too much talent to actually be competitive i will say they um it's not going to be great for eagles fans who go to the games because this puts the eagles at a five and four home record (laughs) six and two away but eh, take what Mm, you can get hey you take wins where you can get them 
But uh, I, I could see that. I think that's uh, definitely a possibility. Maybe maybe 10 and 7, 11 and 6. But I think it's a lot easier of a schedule than I, I thought it was going to be. It's so I, I oh, think, yeah. I think it's, oh, yeah. it'll be good for them. They'll, they'll, they'll have some breaks in between. Like you said, the Vikings, I think, will be a little hiccup. The Cardinals, Steelers, will, I mean, I don't know about Steelers, but yeah, Colts, hey, Packers, Titans is interesting three weeks in a row. Let me let me paint you a picture real fast. Okay. I've heard this story before where the Eagles are coming off of the first, you know, their quarterback had one year starting. They're into his second year now. They just they just acquired a number one wide receiver. They just drafted a defensive lineman in the first round, and they have a cakewalk <laughs> of a schedule. And I'm just saying, and when in that story in my head, it played out pretty well for us a couple of years ago. Oh, so who God. knows? Things are lining up like they wasn't that a, a second year coach too? It what you know oh. what you're you're pretty good. Oh. This is what we bring you in here. Hey, all I'm saying is the dots are connecting. The dots are connecting. I will, yeah, I will say I watched. I've been watching a couple of the team pressers, and hey, uh, is I Nick mean, this Paul's still a free agent. I mean, it's always hard to tell how the you know how teams really going to perform, but. I don't know. I feel like the vibe is a little better than it's been in past years. Like a lot of the players seem to really be buying into Sirianni and even, you know, your buddy, Rich Gannon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jonathan Gannon. But you know what, you know what, that, so, a part of that is, and I'll give the Eagles the credit, you know, now. Good culture they, they have. They, but this is what, this is the thing is when you fully invest in a quarterback, like they did in Jalen Hurts, the most important position of the team, which they've refused to do in the last three years. It builds everyone around it. It's the most important position. They clearly made it obvious that they are investing in Jalen Hurts and making him the guy going forward. And the team resonates with that, and they build around it. Well, it's the most important part. When you bring in Carson Wentz and he's your franchise guy, and then you draft Jalen Hurts, like, oh, shit, here comes the drama. It's like with the Sixers. When the drama is lingering around your locker room, you're not going to have real success. You can't have that. How do you build a culture that is covered in a black cloud of drama? I would temper the Jalen Hurts thing because i feel like they're building a, a castle right now and throne is kind of wobbly because it's not done yet true i don't i don't know i think if if jalen doesn't pan out they have the structure in place to plug and play another quarterback but of i also course. think but i'm and i'm rooting for jalen i want him to be the quarterback but I'm, i also think it's the benefiting the eagles that they don't have to pay quarterback money to him right now and they can spend that on the defense and getting players like AJ Brown. So, but more importantly, when's the last time you didn't have quarterback drama or uncertainty? They made it clear that this it's is still, the guy. Mm. They're going. Listen, it's the guy now. He's the yeah. guy now. Yeah. There yeah. is no drum. There is no drama with this team. They're rolling with it. There's no new coaches. There's no new quarterbacks. They're going with it. Mm-hmm. And we'll say the biggest trauma is Jalen Rager, who deleted all the Eagles mentions in social media. Like he actually has any some any trade value. No, he posted one the other day of him like in uniform. But oh, good, he came to his senses. His agent was probably like, "Dude, what the fuck are you doing? This is the only team that would agree to pay you." Yeah, yeah. yeah so, well, I think we can end it on that note, as you know, we usually do. But uh, good catch up, good recap, good yeah. optimism. Um, unfortunately, we can't say go Sixers because they're fucking done. Again. Hey, listen, it's Philly. You know, we what we do is we just move on to it's, the next one. It's it's. I mean. We'll see what happens with the Phillies, but right now I'm I'm in Eagles mode. So I am in Eagles mode too. Yeah, I think the Flyers have a top five draft pick. There's something. The Phillies, five, yeah, yeah, something. 
I mean, hey, let's let's uh, root for the the Florida Panthers. Get Claude Drew a cup. It's true. Yeah, that's so, true. There you go. There's something to root for. Yeah. But hey, until next time. Alrighty. I'll catch you. I'll talk to you. Peace. Peace out.